But anyways, happy Thanksgiving. You may have heard, that was kind of weak, by the way, I just have to say. (laughs) You may have heard it said that the most repeated command in Scripture is do not fear. Have you heard that before? Do not fear. Do you know what the second most repeated command in Scripture is? Remember. Remember. Over and over again, Scripture instructs us to remember what God has done for us. And to remember His Word. And I think those two commands, do not fear and remember, are linked. Because when we take the time and we're deliberate about remembering what God has done, it gives us faith not to fear the future. It increases our faith. And so today we're going to take some time to remember and give thanks. Because, you see, you, fear is a choice. Fear is a choice. Worry is a choice. Peace is also a choice. It's not purely dependent on our circumstances. There are spiritual disciplines, habits, that if we practice, it will help us to have peace. Philippians 4, verses 6 through 7 says this, Do not be anxious about anything, but in every situation, the good ones and the bad ones, by prayer and petition, with thanksgiving, present your request to God. And then what happens? And the peace of God, which transcends all understanding that even if your circumstances are really bad, the peace of God, which transcends all understanding, will guard your hearts and your minds in Christ Jesus. Giving thanks to God, presenting our requests to Him with thanksgiving, it guards our hearts and our minds with peace. Colossians three fifteen through 16 says this, Let the peace of Christ rule in your hearts. Do you see there? It's a choice. You get to choose if God's peace is going to rule in your hearts. Since as members of one body, you were called to peace and be thankful. They're related. Verse 16. Let the message of Christ Dwell among you richly as you teach and admonish one another with all wisdom through psalms, hymns, and songs from your spirit, singing to God with gratitude in your hearts. So there we have it again. It's through giving praise to God, whether that be through songs or remembering and thanksgiving and praying to Him that God's peace comes and rules in us. These are spiritual disciplines. They're habits Just like physical habits can make your body stronger, spiritual habits can make your mind and your heart stronger, your soul stronger. So today, um, we're going to practice these things, all right? We've already given the angst through song. We're going to do some more of that. We're going to do some more praying as well. But we're actually going to have an open mic time where you have the opportunity to give thanks to God for what he's been doing in your life. Okay, hopefully you got one of these sheets. Did you get one? If you didn't get one, you can raise your hand. Oh, Mark says no, we're out. Well, you have to share. Okay. We do have pens, though, if you need a pen. There are pens in the basket. They are strategically located. There's a gap between the end of the basket and the Kleenex box. 
like this big. That's where the pens go, okay? So you can pull pens out of there. If you there's not enough pens, Mark also has some. Just raise your hand. And I'm going to be going through these prayers. These are prayers that we've been praying, some of them for over a year now for our church. And as I do, if God brings to your mind some way that he's answered that prayer, just write yourself a little note. Just jot something down. And um, and you won't, you won't be able to think of an answer to prayer for every one of these prayers. That's okay. And you might think of an answer to prayer that is not related to any of these prayers. And that's okay too. All right? But as I go through these, I'm just going to ask God here in a moment to bring to your mind how he's been at work in your life, in your family, in our church, so that we can have a time of sharing and giving thanks to the Lord a little later on, okay? And even if you don't stand up and say it out loud, that's okay. I still want you to jot things down so you can share maybe with your family later on. All right, well, let's pray. God, one thing I know is true is that you are always at work far more than we have the ability to see and recognize. And so, Lord, I pray that today, in these next few minutes, you give us spiritual sight to see how you've been at work among us, in our lives, in our families, our communities, and in our church, God. So that we can give thanks. And we can um, offer up to you a spiritual offering of thanksgiving that is holy and pleasing to you, God. And that gives you glory. And that also strengthens our faith and encourages one another. So Holy Spirit, we just invite you to come and speak to us now. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen. So our very first prayer, we started this like a year ago in June when I was just interim and I thought I was only going to be here for the summer. Um, and I thought, well, I don't know how to help these people while they don't have a senior pastor, so let's just learn how to pray because that's a good idea. And so we started with this little prayer, one sentence, Lord, teach us to pray. And I asked you guys to pray that one sentence every day for about two months while we studied the Lord's Prayer. This is a very powerful prayer, and it changed the trajectory of my life. Like, I can point to a specific time in my life where I was going this way, and this prayer got me back on the right track. And I didn't invent this prayer. It actually comes from Jesus' disciples, where they saw Jesus and how Before any major decision, he would always go off and pray to the Father. And prayer was such a huge part of his life. And so they asked him, Lord, teach us to pray. And he responded by teaching them the Lord's Prayer. And I'm not going to hash out the whole Lord's Prayer right now. But what's amazing about the Lord's Prayer is in just a couple sentences, it covers Everything you could possibly pray for. It's it's absolute genius prayer. Our Father in heaven, hallowed or holy is your name. We start by giving honor to God, right? And then your kingdom come, your will be done. 
on earth as it is in heaven. That's a prayer for everything that God's goodwill wants to happen, to happen here on earth, including in our own lives. Give us this day our daily bread. That's a prayer for provision, you know. And sometimes our provision is very basic, like food, place to stay. Sometimes provision is the help that we need. There's all different kinds of things and ways that God provides for us. Give us this day our daily bread. Forgive us as we forgive those who sin against us. That's a prayer for reconciliation, isn't it? For healing in our relationships. Lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. A prayer for protection. For yours is the kingdom and the glory and the power forever. And one thing we just mentioned about the Lord's Prayer is that it uses the language of us. Our Father in heaven, give us this day. Lead us not into temptation, right? God wants us to pray not just for ourselves, but for us. And so that's why all of these prayers that we covered, we use the us language. Lord, teach us. Not teach me, but teach us how to pray. So that was the first couple months, June, July. I think by August, we switched over to the book of Ephesians. And... um our prayer became, Lord, help us better know you and be your church. And this prayer is based on the whole book of Ephesians, but the key verse from Ephesians is this. It says, God placed all things under his, that's Jesus, under Jesus' feet, and appointed him to be head over everything for who? The church. That's you and I, the church, which is his body. The fullness of him who fills everything in every way. And so from Ephesians we learn that the church is not a building. The church is the people of God who are filled with the spirit of Jesus Christ. And we take his presence out into the world and fill everything in every way. Bringing his healing and his justice and his love and his mercy out into the world. And so our prayer was, Lord, help us better know you. And I think we have a picture for this prayer as well. Maybe. There we go. Lord, help empower us to know you and to be your church. And we have on there the signs of Jesus, the fish, the that's the ichthus, the dove of the spirit and the heart of the father there. Um, But just think for a moment. How have you come to know God better in the past year? Have you seen God grow us in our ability to be his church, the body of Christ, in the last year? Um, It was while we were praying this prayer that God called our family. That's when I first, we first sensed that he wanted us to be part of this body. And um, I just look around and like 40% 40 of us weren't even here back then. That's how many people God has brought since we started praying that God would form us to be the church that he wanted us to be. And I think he's continuing to do that work. Our next one-sentence prayer is, Lord, transform our desire to your desire. 
And this prayer is based on the belief that God is good and his desires for us are good. In Jeremiah 29, 11, it says, For I know the plans I have for you, declares the Lord, plans to prosper you and not to harm you, plans to give you hope and a future. God actually wants your very best. He does. He wants the very best future for you. And I said something back when we were learning about this that you guys all laughed at because it's like almost too stupid to say out loud, but I'm going to say it out loud again. It's easier to obey God when you want to. It just is. <laughs> you know, like it's easier to eat broccoli if you like broccoli, right? Um, it's easier to obey God and do the things he wants for us if we actually want to. And But our problem is often we don't want to do those things. We deceive ourselves that something else is better, right? And so our prayer became, Lord, transform our desire to be your desire. When you start to desire the things that God wants for you, obeying him becomes a lot easier. And so, have any of your desires transformed in the last year? Has there been some things that maybe weren't good for you and you don't desire them as much? Or maybe there's some things that you know are good for you and you're desiring them more now. Has God transformed any of your desires to be closer to his desire for you? In January, we adopted a new prayer. Lord, help us see people as you do. And this prayer is based on Matthew 7, verses 3 through 5. And Jesus, in the Sermon on the Mount, he said this. Do we have Matthew 7? Thank you. Jesus said, why do you look at the speck of sawdust in your brother's eye? And pay no attention to the two-by-four in your own eye. How can you say to your brother, let me take out that speck out of your eye? Well, all the time there is a plank in your own eye. You hypocrite, first take the plank out of your own eye, and then you will see clearly to remove the speck from your brother's eye. And so this prayer, Lord, help us see people as you do. It's a prayer for wisdom and insight. And I remember from my life, when I first started praying this, I was praying because I wanted to understand other people better. But the first person I came to understand better was myself. And to understand myself with the grace that God sees me, but also understand the things that he wanted to change in me and how he wanted to change those things. And from that, it became, then was able to be, have insight into other people as well. To see other people with the good grace and empathy that God sees them with. And also have insight into how to help them. This is a prayer for wisdom. So, has your vision of yourself changed at all in the last six months or so? Are you able to see yourself with more grace? 
Has God also been maybe knocking and on your heart and saying, this is something that needs to change? Has he given you any more understanding into other people? To see them with grace and empathy and know how to help them. In February, our prayer became, Lord, make us clean. And this is also from the book of Matthew, chapter 8, for the leper who cried out to the Lord, Lord, if you are willing, make me clean. And it's so interesting because he didn't say, Lord, heal me. He said, make me clean. See, that the word clean meant ceremonially clean, where he would not only be physically healed of his leprosy, but he would go to the priest and the priest would check and make, okay, you're, you're healed. And now he is restored where he can worship at the temple, he can worship God, and he can live with his family again and live among people again. So the phrase, make us clean, encompasses physical healing, but also relational, emotional, spiritual healing too. Lord, make us clean. And it was um, during that month that I remember so many people coming and confessing sin and being anointing it with oil, being cleansed of shame, um, and just relieving burdens that they had been carrying for a long time. But is there any way that God has made you clean? Maybe it's physical. Maybe it's relational. Maybe it's your soul that he's been working on healing. In March and April, we had another simple sentence to pray every day. Lord, send more workers into your harvest. This is taken from Matthew chapter 9, verses 36 through 38. When Jesus saw the crowds, he had compassion on them because they were harassed and helpless, like sheep without a shepherd. And so he said to his disciples, the harvest is plentiful, but the workers are few. Ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send workers out into his harvest field. God sees people and he has compassion. I am... I'm fully convinced that God looks down on our world and sees the mess and has compassion. And he wants to send people to help. But he asks us to pray for the people, to send more workers into his harvest. And it's very interesting because right after Jesus said that, ask the Lord of the harvest, therefore, to send out workers into his harvest field. Do you know the next thing that Jesus said to his disciples? He said, now go. And he sent him out two by two, not alone, but in pairs, to go out and be a blessing to other people. So, have you taken any steps of faith to serve in new ways or share God's good news of God with people? Have you seen our church doing that in any new ways? I think of um, our kids' ministry and how many people have stepped up to serve our children 
And God is giving us a harvest down on that end of our building, to be sure. In May, our prayer was, Lord, help us walk in your rhythm. And this prayer came from, as we studied the book of Matthew, seeing the rhythms of life that Jesus had. That Jesus practiced Sabbath. That once a week we're to have a day of rest. That God has patterns of work and rest that are healthy for us. And we even know this from science. um, That a day of rest once a week makes people more physically healthy and will help heal them. Um, He also had rhythms of time with people and time away with just his Heavenly Father in prayer. He had rhythms of times just with his close friends and, and times of big celebration. He had all kinds of different rhythms in his life. And so we just began praying, Lord, help us walk in your rhythm. Because I am convinced everything about our Western United States culture tries to pull us out of God's healthy rhythm for our lives. Our culture teaches us that we have to go and go and go and go and do and do and do constantly. And that is not who our God is. Our God is not a slave driver, a taskmaster. He gives us purposeful work to do, but he also gives us rest. And we have to trust that he actually wants to do that for us and that it is actually possible. Part of practicing Sabbath is saying, okay, this is the day that I'm not God. And I'm going to trust that God is actually powerful to get everything done that needs to be done. And if I don't work one day a week, somehow he's still going to pay the bills. All of that is part of the faith of practicing Sabbath and trusting that God is as good and powerful as he claims to be. So have, And I will just tell you, Sabbath and God's rhythms are not something that you master overnight. I think it's almost a lifelong journey. Um, and I know I'm better at it, than I was before, but sometimes I get bad at it again and I have to relearn. Um, But have any of you grown in your ability to walk in God's rhythm for you and have a more healthy cycle of work and rest? So that was our last kind of ministry year. And then June actually kicks off a new ministry year. That's how our calendar runs in the church. It runs June through May, which I know is kind of weird. But um, And in the summer, we studied the book of James, which the theme for James was do not merely listen to the word, but do what it says, right? And after that, I ado- asked you to adopt... Um, one sentence to pray every day. Not changing it every month, but for the next year until Easter, we have just one sentence. And that's, Lord, build our lives on your word. And so that's why we're studying, um, using the story to kind of read through the Bible. And if you're not praying that every day, I, I program it into your phone, okay? 
to remind you. It's just a simple sentence. Lord, build our lives on your word. But that comes from Matthew chapter 7, verses 24 through 27, where Jesus says this. Therefore, everyone who hears these words of mine and puts them into practice is like a wise man who built his house on a rock. The rain came down and the streams rose and the winds blew and beat against that house, yet it did not fall because it had its foundation on the rock. But everyone who hears my words and does not put them into practice is like a foolish man who built his house on the sand. The rains came down, the streams rose, and the winds blew and beat against that house, and it fell with a great crash. And you guys, I just have to be honest, because I think what we often try to do is when we're facing a storm, we think, oh, I need God, and we start to try to build our lives on God's word then. But as soon as the storm stops, what do we do? I'm good. You know, and, and we we are not as deliberate in learning God's word and basing our lives on him. And we start to build some things as, on sand again. And then the storms come and we're like, ah, get back, get back in church, you know. The storms will come. And the way you prepare for the storms is by building on the rock all the time. All the time. And there is so much knowledge and wisdom in the word of God. For your relationships, for your job, for your home, for your finances, for your physical health. Don't wait until you have a storm. Don't wait until you have a storm. So, as we've been praying, Lord, build our lives on your word. Have you grown at all in your ability to understand God's word? And apply it. We don't want to just know random facts about the Bible. That's really not that helpful. But have you grown at all in your ability to apply God's word to your life? Those are the prayers that we've been specifically praying There may be other ones that you've been praying as well. But I want to give you just five minutes to reflect on these things. And we're going to play just some instrumental music. You're going to have a time to um, reflect. And then we're going to have a time of practicing Thanksgiving, okay? And encouraging one another in the Lord and giving glory to God for what he has done. And I hope you are courageous enough to do that. Heavenly Father, I thank you for your word, even for how you instruct us how to pray. And God, now I do. I just pray that you speak to us about the miracles, the big ones, and even the little small ones that you've been doing in our lives so that we can give thanks to you. Lord, just silence distracting thoughts and let us hear from you now. Bring to our minds what you want us to remember. In Jesus' name we pray. Amen.
So, you guys ready? Um, I, just some ground rules for sharing time, okay? First of all, the goal is to give praise to God, not brag about ourselves and what we've accomplished, right? It is also not to gossip about other people. Um, so we don't have to use names and specific details. If God has helped you reconcile with a family member, you can just say something like, there was a family member and I, our relationship has been strained. We hadn't talked for six months, but God helped us reconcile and we were able to celebrate Thanksgiving together, okay? Just specifics are not good when you're talking about other people. Does that make sense? All right. Also, um, the goal is to name one specific thing God has done in the past year. Not tell your life story, okay? So we, we hopefully lots of people will share, and we want you to do that, but you have to keep it brief so other people have an opportunity to share, all right? Lastly, microphones. This has been an issue. For people to hear you, the microphone needs to be at your chin, okay? A lot of times I'm going to walk... If you want to share, you can just stand up and I'll come to you with your mic and you can hold it. But do not do this. And do not do this while you talk and talk with your hands, okay? You hold it right here at your chin. And I know if you're not used to microphones, that might seem awkward, but that's where it goes, all right? Okay. First Thessalonians 5, 6 through 18 says, Rejoice always. Will you read this with me? Rejoice always. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances, for this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus. So let's do the Lord's will for us, all right? Who would like to share first? Sure, if it's a, if a testimony of how God has used you. Yeah. <laughs> Um, oh, yes, up here. Yeah, up here. Okay. There we go. <laughs> so over the last year, I had went and started being obedient to God and going to one of my friend's house, uh, and I stayed with him for about five months. And this friend and his wife were trying to have a baby, and they kept trying through the doctors over the last two years of trying to have a baby and through all of the ways that the doctor could be able to help the uh, process along. Well, then I had, uh, was praying about God to it, and God had took me to all the verses from the very beginning of the Bible where God says to be fruitful and to multiply, mm-hmm. to where God has talked to Sarah and blessed Sarah with the baby. And I showed them all of these things and showed them that it was God's will that they do receive mm-hmm. a baby if they put their faith not into medical but into God. And two months later, they are conce- have conceived a baby and have a baby on the way, you guys. Yeah. And God is great, and he's faithful in all situations. Thank you. Thank you. With that voice, you might not need a microphone. There you go. Hi, for those of you who don't know, I am the pastor's kid. This is my mom. (laughs) Um, And I've been with my parents through all of their journeys with God. Um, 
through their church planting and their wandering years, figuring stuff out. But I'm really grateful that we landed here because I feel like for the first time in a, I think for most of my life, I feel like I have a church family. I wasn't expecting to cry. God has really shown me what it means to be a church family here and what it means to serve a church and what it means to grow and care for other people. Who else? Alex? Hello, everyone. My name is Alex. Um, I, my prayer was, Lord, to teach us to pray. And it wasn't, it was a couple months ago, I was going to a volleyball tournament with my aunt and uncle. And before we left, I didn't know they did this, but the whole family in the car would pray the Lord's Prayer. And then they would all say what they were, you know, praying for, whether it be, um, you know, poverty and helping other nations or whatever it would be. So that was something that really kind of taught me to start my day off with the Lord's Prayer and whatever was on my heart at the time. So, Thank you. Who else? I know there's lot, many more. not using names. There's someone in my life that I love very much that has, um, in the last few years, has really leaned into God and uh, has um, aided me in going deeper with God and transforming my life in the process of their conversion. And uh, to see someone completely changed into a new person is um it's it's miraculous so um yeah god is good Thank you. For you guys who don't know, my name is Michael Cole, and this is my lovely family right here. That's all trying to hide right now. (laughs) I have a lot of things to be thankful for, but first thing I want to say I'm thankful for is echoing just what the pastor's daughter said. I'm so thankful for this church. About a year and a half ago, we started really making an effort to be more involved and get closer to the Lord, and it's been an amazing relationship, the people that care for us here and that have helped us. I'm also very thankful for the healing that the Lord is doing in our family. Um, I have cancer that I fight on a regular basis, and my wife's coming over from having a heart attack this last year. And God has been through helping us in amazing ways and encouraging us at the same time and bringing us as a family closer. And for that, I'm very thankful.
Mindy. Um, I just want to thank the Lord for his guidance and his leadership. Um, when sometimes we're, when we're in a journey, we don't always see the big picture. But when we look back, right, around that mountain curve, we can see how God's gifted us, how God's equipped us, how God's prepared us um, to to go on a deeper walk or um, a more solidifying journey with the Lord. Like, he gives us gifts, sometimes that we don't even realize we're getting <laughs> in the process of our, of our, our journey through life. And I'm just... Um, incredibly blessed to see how the puzzle comes together, right? How God's at work, even when we don't see it, right? He's working. And that's what I want to praise him for. Amen. Thank you, Mindy. Who else? Hello, everybody. Um, so in May, when we started praying about the rhythms, um, I coincidentally started a new job. Um, had no idea at the time. I loved my previous job. It was a good job. I managed um, health clinics. Um, and it was a good job. It was an important job. I was good at it, but it was demanding um, to the point to where I was on call 24-7 for offices. There are a couple of times where I was here at church in the lobby dealing with phone calls, building alarms, uh, just different things, and I didn't know at the time how much it was pulling out of me. Um, and this new job has been a secret blessing in the fact that I just I didn't know how much I needed that change in rhythm. Um, and the amount of time I'm able to give back to my family and myself. So it's just been something that I didn't even know was going to happen, that I needed, and here we are. I'm convinced that is a miracle God wants to keep doing for many of you. I know it is hard to believe for a job change, or maybe even a different schedule within your job. Um, but God wants to bless you. Who else? Over here? So, oh, Phyllis? I sat here thinking, am I going to talk or am I not going to talk? I'm really not a good speaker. Um, but the lady mentioned a job, and I kept sitting here thinking, you know, it was only about God's grace and his faithfulness and giving us the courage to say we're finished with our jobs mm-hmm. this year. We retired in June, mm-hmm. and it was, I kept telling people, well, it's like, jumping off a cliff. I, when are you going to do it? You, you get so used to that. Um, you know, you know when you're working, and then when you think about not working, what's going to happen? But God has given us the courage to make that move. He, he's, he was with me in the 26 years of my previous job, and he saw me through and brought me through times, and I knew that he's not going to fail. He's still with us. He's in this this new boat with us, and he's going to watch over us. And I'm so thankful for that, for, for him and for the um, 
strength of my husband to get us help us get through this too. So I just give God praise for a new phase mm-hmm. of our lives. And he's going to be there too, I know. Amen. Thank you. Who else? Janet? I have to sit. Okay. okay. You can sit. Um, I'll try to make it brief. But do not fear and learn to pray. And the prayer deliver us from evil. Um, my daughter was attacked two and a half years ago by her psychotic ex-boyfriend. And he was allowed to stay in his parents' house four miles from us on an ankle bracelet with a house full of guns. And we waited for the trial for two years. And through this prayer, you know, praying for safety and everyone around us praying for safety, I feel like we were able to live a normal life and not think about that looming threat. And my daughter was hoping for at least a 12-year sentence um, of prison so that she could raise her daughters without that looming threat for, you know, the rest of their childhood. And um, so she was brave enough to go to trial, and in October the sentence was pronounced 36 years minimum. Praise God. Um, It was really a horrific crime. And just the threat of having somebody that violent and that premeditated living four miles away was really hard. But God carried, and we're so thankful for the deliverance he's now given. Who else? Okay. Um, I'm Carrie Ann, for those that don't know me. Um, I have a son that is medically fragile. Um, He was born premature. We've had medical concerns his entire life. Um, Through God, though, we have had peace over every decision that we've made, every appointment that we've ever been to, um, and every victory that he's been through. Um, But we knew that there was more that needed to be done. And um, recently, a coworker shared his testimony of taking his daughter to the Mayo Clinic and what that had brought them in peace. And so we reached out and we have an appointment in February, which is amazing because there are waiting lists for every department in every area. And um, just this week we got that information. So we will be heading out there. Amen. Love how God provides and makes a way. And sometimes he even cuts through red tape for us. Who else? Rejoice always. Read it with me. Pray continually. Give thanks in all circumstances. 
For this is God's will for you in Christ Jesus.